It says, you, therefore, must endure hardship. Somebody say endure. endure. You must, therefore, endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engages in warfare, entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Simply put, this is why I think many times we have, if you are in the military, you live on base. Because I, I want you to just focus on your warfare. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about you're gonna, what you're going to wear. We have a war that we're fighting in. And then Hebrews chapter 10, this one kind of messed me up. It says, for you have need, meaning you must be lacking this. For you have need of, what's that word? Endurance. Y'all talk to me. What's that word? Endurance. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Let's, let's work this on tonight. These two passages of scripture, it says, you therefore must endure. Can I get everybody to say endure? Now, I need you to say it like you got the revelation that when you endure, it's married to your promise coming. Can I get everybody to say endure? endure. It says, you therefore must endure. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, and everybody under the sound of my voice in the sacred sanctuary on watching online, if we were to exegete the word endure, in this biblical context, the word endure in the Greek means hupomeno. Hupomeno. It means to remain. Endure means to remain or resolve to remain in the face of misfortune, hardship, trial, and loss. It simply means to stay put. To endure means to stay put. Boy, this is about to hit somebody in the throat. It says, listen, you put it together. You and who is you? Anybody who represents the kingdom, anybody who is a Christ follower, any kingdom woman under the sound of my voice, any kingdom man under the sound of my voice and watching online, you must stay put. When do you stay put, Jay? When it's hard. See how quiet it is online? Ain't nobody said nothing. <laughs> you must stay put when? When it's hard, when it's difficult, when it's uncomfortable, when you don't like it, when you're losing friends, when you're losing followers because you're no longer posting pictures of your cleavage and of your butt. Uh-oh, I need you to endure and stay put, even if it costs you your endorsement deal because of your unwavering commitment to follow Jesus and you are a professing athlete. I need you to stay put. In your fathering, when it gets hard, stay put. In your mothering, when it gets hard, stay put. In your leadership, when it gets hard, stay put. In your singleness, when it gets hard, stay put. As you're pastoring, when it gets hard, stay put. When people are talking about you, stay put. When you are serving and it's difficult, stay put. In your marriage, and I'm not talking about toxicity. We're going to touch on that a little bit later. And if you need more, come to Better Marriage Night. But in your marriage, 
stay put. Even when it's hard, because our foundational text lets us know that I need you to stay put in the face of hardship. Can I get somebody to say endure? Endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus. So in other words, one of the ways that we could tell if you are a good soldier or a soldier that's suspect, <laughs> one of the ways we could tell if you're a good soldier or a soldier that's suspect is do you go ghost when it gets hard? Do you quit when it gets hard? Is your routine and your resume, every time something gets hard, I'm chucking up the deuce. You like full house 1990, cut it out. Miss me with that. <laughs> I'm out. But the text is telling us that I need you to endure when it gets hard. And the reason this message on the night is hitting the way it's hitting, and the reason this message on the night is causing for us to be silent is because I think it is a massive need in this discernment series for us to talk about can you discern when to stay? Right. Because, listen, in our culture, our cutoff game is strong. Like real strong. Anybody honest enough to admit my cutoff game is strong? Like I'm talking about Dwayne Johnson, The Rock Strong. I might be 5'2", 135 pounds, but baby, my cutoff game is so strong. <laughs> my cutoff game is strong. I won't even let you explain. You will get blocked. You will get deleted. You will get unfollowed. Y'all not talking to me. We have a super cutoff game. I don't play. I'm too old to be playing games. Who does that? If you have games and we are on a date, as soon as I feel you playing games, check please. <laughs> Somebody say cutoff game strong. And this culture where our cutoff game is so strong and we hear sermons as well about you gonna wish that you treated me better. When I go into my next season, we hear constant content about how to cut off, how to leave, how to go ghost. And we want this appearance of success and we want to get to the next level, but there's an attribute that a lot of us are overlooking and it is the attribute of, can you stay put when it's hard? Can you discern this is not a person you cut off? Oh boy. This is not a community you cut off. I know it got on your nerves, but that doesn't mean you have the permission slip to leave. All right. All right. Because in Hebrews, it tells us that you have need. I'm studying. I'm looking at this. I'm like, God, why didn't I ever see this? And I felt like he was talking back to me high pitched and said, that's why I'm having you preach this. Because there are not enough sermons about people sticking to it, sticking to their commitment, sticking to their marriages, sticking to their workout plan, sticking to their finance plan, sticking to posting every day, sticking to their upload, sticking to the podcast, sticking to being faithful. There's not enough content. Oh, but they know how to cut people off, though. <laughs> I think we can't discern when is this a consequence due to a choice versus this being a training facility for your faith. Oh, this is so good. Yeah, maybe this is not something that you throw the towel in. Maybe God is trying to put your faith in the gym. 
I need to put your faith in the gym so that you could grow some muscle. Everybody wants breakthrough, but are you strong enough to break through? And when you constantly have a pattern of quitting and giving up, you are not strengthening your spiritual core enough to when you face a hard position, I could push through it. Why? Because I've been exercising in the gym. Y'all not talking to me on the night. It's okay. I'm telling you, I went 18 months for speaking to a camera, so I'm cold. I need us to understand this. Listen, God is trying to inform his people. I need you to discern, even though you don't like it. Even though it's uncomfortable, that doesn't mean quit. Even though you feel some type of way, that doesn't mean quit. Because, can we talk on the night, y'all? I'm about to get real. I think we, we constantly view everything that is hard as something that is toxic. Like, we cut everything off. And I'm trying to get you to see that your ability to endure is tied to you receiving a promise. Your ability to endure is tied to you receiving a promise. Now it makes sense why Galatians chapter 6, a popular scripture, tells us, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you will, not you might, not you could, it says in due season, I preached this before, in due season, you will reap a harvest if you faint not. And I begin to preach to us that I understand the strategy of hell now. He knows I can't stop God's principles from working. This is a kingdom principle. If you do good and you don't faint, you're going to get a harvest. That's kingdom. I can't stop that from working. Oh, but I can stop their harvest from coming if I can get them to faint. You could tell when spring is coming because of the pollen. You could tell when summer is near because of the heat. You could tell when fall is near due to the leaves, and you could tell when winter is near due to the snow. But you can't tell when your due season is near. So you're going to quit and your due season could be tomorrow? You're going to quit and your due season could be in two weeks? You're going to quit and your due season could be in 2022? You don't know when your due is due. And I preached that, but I understood something different now. I understand now that when we do good and we don't get harvest, it prompts discouragement. Can somebody talk to me? When you do good and you don't get a harvest, it causes for you to get discouraged. Right? So, so now I get it. The enemy is like, all right, if I can get them to quit, let's say this is your harvest and you're doing good something hits your life bad breakup you quit quit all that praying stuff quit all that fasting stuff quit all that watching the discernment series stuff quit all that coming to in-person service it's not that your harvest went away it just stopped when you stopped y'all seeing this it just stopped when you stopped. So you got your mind right. You heard a word. Your girlfriend or your homie invited you to church, and you started over, and you started doing right again. But then something else hit your life called a pandemic, and then you stopped praying again. You stopped seeking God's face again. You stopped fasting again. It's not that your harvest went away. It's that it stopped because you stopped. Now, it took you two years to overcome that. So now you're starting again, then you stop again. It took you three years to recover from that. And so now you start again, and then you stop again. And so now you feel like, what's the point? I'm doing all this good. I'm serving in church. 
I texted them a volunteer. I helped them clean up. I'm doing all these good things. And the enemy has us so deceived to where now we're blaming God because of a harvest that never came. And I'm trying to get you to see it was on the way. It's just we kept stopping. Are you getting this? We kept on stopping. And anytime weariness causes for us to quit, it will always prolong your harvest. I need you to endure. I need you to endure. This is for somebody. I'm talking to somebody who has been thinking about quitting. This is not where you quit. This is where you stay put. I know it's uncomfortable, but stay put. I know you don't like it, but stay put. You have not got confirmation from me to leave. Your feelings are saying cut them off, but I'm telling you on tonight to stay put. And when you can't discern, when this is a gym that God is using to build your faith versus a distraction, that you're entertaining, when you cut everything off, you risk your feelings handing you scissors and will cut a connection that God was using to develop you. Now listen, listen. I'm not saying that God doesn't sever things. Whenever God severs a connection, trust him. But I am saying for many of us, it's not God cutting stuff, it's your feelings. It's your pride. Y'all ain't talking, but it's all cool. It's your ego. It's your arrogance. It's your ain't nobody got time for that boo-boo. It's your rep representation. You constantly keep cutting stuff. I wonder, do you walk around with scissors? <laughs> I don't like what they said. I'm cutting them off. You know them big old scissors that you have when you cut a ribbon for a graduation? I don't like the way that he said this. I'm cutting him off. Oh, they didn't like my posts. I'm cutting them off. They didn't subscribe to my channel. I told them I was starting one. I'm cutting them off. I'm cutting him off. And you walk around with scissors. I wonder, do you walk around with scissors or do you walk around with a sword? Scissors are from your sensitivity. The sword is from the spirit. I'm trying, sis. It's, it's from the spirit. And I can hear you now. I, probably somebody online. I cut anything off that's toxic. You talking good, Jay, but anything that's toxic, I cut off. And I just have a question. Is it really toxic or is anything hard or difficult we label that as toxic? Is it really toxic or is it hard so you label it as toxic? Let's go a little bit deeper. Is it really toxic or is it something God was using to show you all of your toxins? I'm trying to preach up in here on a Thursday night. I'm trying. You're saying it's toxic, but could it be it was exposing all of your toxins? And due to you not liking what you saw, you labeled it as toxic and you cut it off. But God was using that to rid you of all of your toxins. I don't have time for small group. They talking about their problems. They talking about their issue. Some dude up in there talking about he watched porn. I ain't got time for all that. I ain't doing that. That's toxic. Or is it hard for you to talk about what happened when you were six? See, is it hard for you to talk about what your stepfather did in the basement? 
Is it hard for you to talk about how you're still trying to heal from that divorce and you still lurk on their page on IG? Is it hard for you to talk about it? And since you don't want to talk about it, you label it as toxic, but God was going to use it to purge all of your toxins. Trying to get us to understand just because it's difficult doesn't mean quit. Well, I don't really like, I don't really like how he came at me. I don't really do church. I don't really do all them pastors and stuff. They always talking about what they heard. I hear God too. I'm grown. <laughs> I'm cool. You hear God too, but here's my problem. Why are you sitting under anybody that you can't receive their wisdom? Like you're wasting your time. Not my time. You're wasting your time. Because all of us, we are a byproduct of the level of teaching we sit under. Did y'all hear what I just said? You are a byproduct of the level of teaching you sit under. And whoever has your ear has the steering wheel to your future. And so if you're in a place where you're like, you know, I, I can't trust what they got to say, you might need to find somewhere else. Because I want to be under people and around people that I could trust their wisdom. But as I'm studying, I recognize maybe it's not that we have a problem with the counsel. It's we want somebody to counsel us who will agree with us. Right, they don't want to hear that part though, right? Like you know who to go to who's going to gas you up too. <laughs> you know who to go to when you feel in some type of way. Y'all in these golf claps. Don't you know who to go to. When somebody has you fired up and you want to ride on somebody, you know the person to call. They're like, oh, they did what? Let me know where they at. Let me know where they at. I'll be there in a second. We good. You know the person to call. And then you also know the person to call that'll speak sense into you. Hmm. Is it really toxic? Or is it we label anything that's hard and uncomfortable as toxic? Even kingdom marriage, man, this, I don't know if I can stay in this. I don't know if I can stay in this. Emphasis, kingdom. Can I get everybody to say kingdom? So I don't want nobody to say no email. Well, he said kingdom. One more time, say kingdom. kingdom. Even a kingdom marriage is hard. It's hard. You know why? Because you got to constantly die to yourself. If you are unmarried and you don't have a pattern of dying to yourself, marriage is going to be hard for you. Marriage, a good marriage, a good kingdom marriage coexists of two dead people. I'm dying to me and she's dying to her. How marriage sucks is when one person's dying and the other one's living. Yeah. <laughs> so just maybe, just maybe, ma'am, maybe God is using your husband to implement stewardship Maybe you don't need that $1,000 bag. Maybe you don't need that $1,000 purse. We could use that to help a college student who can't afford their books. We could use that to do something for the kingdom. Maybe it's not him being toxic and trying to control and tell you what to do. Could God be using him to purge you of your toxicity? Just maybe, sir, maybe she's not nagging. Maybe she can help you with your business plan. Just maybe she's not nagging and she's not getting on your nerves. She sees how you're changing around those group of people that you call friends. All of them are messing around on women. All of them have multiple personalities. But, sir, you have a whole wife and a whole business and a whole family, two, three, four kids. Maybe God is using her to actually be a help meet. Or... 
Maybe that's toxic because God is using it to reveal all of our toxins. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. There is an ethic, there is an attribute that is underpreached. Most of us don't want to hear it. This type of message won't get a lot of likes. It won't get a lot of follows. But like I say all the time, I'm trying to be God's PA system, not a popularity pulse. It may not get people to feel good, but the kingdom of heaven is saying, I need you to deliver a word to tell my people they're giving up too soon. I know you know how to end stuff. I know you know how to walk away. I know you know how to say you don't have time for that, but do you know how to stay put? I think the problem is we want a Christianity, especially in the Western Hemisphere. We want a Christianity where we don't sweat. <laughs> no sacrifice, no cross, no persecution, no inconvenience. Nobody talking about me. We want in Western Hemisphere Christianity on this part of the globe, we want a Christianity where we have blessings and we have blessings and we have opportunities and we have open doors and we have increase and we have money cometh and we have more opportunities. We want post worthy possessions, something I could post and tell everybody, oh, I'm in Jamaica right now. God has been so good. We want the life of just blessings. We don't want a Christianity where we sweat. We want a Christianity with fans. Maybe that's why we have a lot of fans of Jesus. <laughs> Wordplay, but with the word I don't play. Maybe this is why we have a lot of fans of Jesus because we want to walk with him. We don't want it to be difficult. We don't want to be inconvenienced. It gets on your nerves if the Holy Spirit won't let you sleep because he wants to talk to you. All you give me is your leftover energy. Can you give me your first response, not your last resort? I have a conversation I want to talk to you about. When you get a raise, that's not for you to flex. That's for you to seek my face and recognize that I'm a steward over everything God has given me. We want a, a Christianity where we don't have to sweat. We don't have to work. Therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. See, we quit because we don't see a return on the investment. Y'all not talking to me. We quit because we don't see a return on the investment of effort and energy that we put on a person or on a place and due to the deadlines that we have when something should have been transformative. I'm trying to let somebody know, could your anxiety keep rising because of all of your by nows? This should have happened by now. They should be hiring again by now. This pandemic should be over by now. He should change by now. She should change by now. This opportunity should have happened by now. It is all of our by nows that cause us to be on the edge to where we want to quit. I'm going to quit my marriage. I'm going to quit this ministry. I'm going to quit school. I'm going to quit my entrepreneurial pursuit. I'm going to quit my podcast. I'm going to quit my YouTube channel. I'm going to quit my job. Quit, quit, quit. And I'm trying to get you to understand just because you have valid reasons to quit, that doesn't mean you have the right to quit because you 
you could be right on the brink of your miracle. You could be right on the brink of your breakthrough. You could be right on the brink of getting your answered prayer. You don't know how close you are. And I know this word is not hitting the way that you want it to hit. But I'm tired of Christians getting discouraged and thinking that God doesn't answer prayer. But we have a pattern and a cycle of quitting. He says, you have need. Hebrews chapter 10, you have need of endurance. Watch this. You have need to stay put in the will of God so that you can receive the promise. There's so many blessings that are stuck in pending because we keep quitting. There's so many answer prayers that are stuck in pending because we keep quitting. You have need of endurance. And endurance means to stay put. Stop worrying about what other people do and comparing yourself to them. See, one of the dangers of comparison and emulation is when you emulate your life is reduced to their next step. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. When you emulate, this means your life is reduced to their next step. You can't move until they do something. I can't create a blog until I see what blog they create. I can't create content. Y'all not talking to me. Somebody say endure. Endure. And I don't know who this is for. I don't know who this is for. But somebody, your mind has been orbiting around quitting something. You've been thinking about it. Giving up, walking away, and I feel like I'm a man on an assignment. I may never know who you are. You may be in the sanctuary, or you could be watching somewhere all over the world, but the Holy Spirit is saying, this is not where you quit. You don't throw in the towel, you just use that to wipe your sweat like he doing. This doesn't mean give up. This doesn't mean walk away. I know it's hard, but you're acting as though hardness is supposed to be strange for the Christian. See? See? Here it is. It's this preaching that we have. Let me drive home a little bit better. Okay, y'all remember, for most people who are in, you know, in Texas, I don't know if somebody drove in. or Y'all remember back around uh, Valentine's Day of this year, that blizzard that came through? Y'all remember that? All right, so let me tell y'all a little story. Um, my daughter was praying for snow. Anybody else, you can be real, when they said that Houston may get some snow, were you looking forward to it, kind of hoping it? Somebody, nope. Okay, y'all must not be from Houston. Or somebody said Chicago. Okay, y'all cool. Y'all used to that. We not. When it's snow, we want to let it go. Like, we want snow. <laughs> so, we watching the news, and he's like, yeah, it's a possibility it's going to snow. Now, Houston average winter 40 is cold for us, Houstonians. That thing dropped in the teens, so it was like, like cold, cold. And she was like, Daddy, I want to pray that God lets it snow. And I was like, okay, baby, let, let's pray that, that God lets it snow. So every night she's like, God, I thank you that it's going to snow. God, I think that's going to snow. I think she's just thinking about her Elsa, like just, do you want to build a snowman? Like she's thinking about all this stuff. Do you? <laughs> do you want to build a snowman? I'm like, yeah, let's see if it's snow. And so here came Valentine's weekend, 2021, and it snowed. And it snowed some more. And it was like cold, cold. Like that next level type of cold. Like wind chill in the single digits type of cold. 
And then we lost power. The Texas grid got compromised. And then we all on CNN and all over the news. And then pipes are bursting all throughout the city. And it's like ice for days. And we didn't have no power. And she can't warm up her snacks. And it's a little too cold. And she's like, I don't like snow no more. <laughs> I was like, but baby girl, you prayed for this. Can you handle what you pray for? See, see, listen, this is the part of the faith that is not being preached in pulpits because in pulpits we keep preaching snow. We keep preaching how beautiful it is, how you can have an off day and you don't have to go to work, how you can take pictures about this is what it did during the winter, but we're not telling you that there's side effects. Y'all ready for this? There are side effects when you're sold out. Gosh, I wish somebody would have told me this, y'all, because when I got saved, I was like on that fire type saved. I don't know how when y'all got saved that y'all kind of hide it, but when I got saved, I'm like, we on a shame. Yeah, we on a shame. 116, I'm like representing Jesus, going to 116 concerts and tours and everybody in the crowd, the Crayon KB, everybody hype. I was a student pastor and we all go hard. I go home. We loving Jesus. I'm telling people I'm a virgin. I'm unashamed and boasting in it. This is my Christianity. It was so dope. Outside of concerts, I'll walk outside and see young dudes holding together, praying hands. And I'm like, this is so live. Walk up to Tadashi and he's like, where y'all from? Oh, this is cool. And we start freestyling the circle and all the way back, all the way back to Houston, we would go to Fiesta, Texas. We'd be driving and we in the car freestyling, talking about Jesus. I was unashamed until I recognized what it cost to be a Christian. Like I'm talking about a real one. See, see, these Western Hemisphere Christians, you can like do your thing and also represent the king. Like Western Hemisphere Christianity, you still pull up, drink, pass. Like you can still do all of that and you still rock the label. Like, like Western, Western Hemisphere Christianity, your boyfriend live with you and y'all can have sex every night. But then in church, hallelujah, that, that's normal. Oh, it's getting real. I'm not judging. I'm just saying nobody talked to us about the side effects. Nobody talked to us about when you keep your legs closed, he or she may leave. Nobody talked to me about I might lose some friends when I don't want to get high anymore. Nobody talked to me about the conviction I felt when I'm sitting in the church and you can barely clap because your ears are high because the Holy Spirit is talking to you. There was a time church was born, but now something started happening on the inside. Nobody talked to me about the betrayal. Nobody talked to me about the jealousy. Nobody talked to me about the cross that if you now following Jesus you have to bear and so when it's hard we quit when it's difficult when we get persecuted we quit but then our brothers and sisters in Korean jungles are hiding with torn pages of the Bible and they will stand out in rain and stand out with mosquitoes that look like hawks around and they won't move. Other parts of the world, they're seeing the miraculous. They're seeing the wonders of God because they have faith that can endure. And I'm trying to get us to understand it's one thing to have professing faith. Oh, but it's another thing to have faith with endurance. Western Hemisphere Christianity, especially America, couldn't handle persecution. We get offended when somebody don't like us. We get offended if nobody else speaks to you on your pew. But over in other parts of the world, they're losing limbs for Jesus. 
Somebody say endure. There's a side effect of being sold out. Look at this. I'm going to give you Bible. 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 14. It says, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. Somebody say, that's blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer, or in other words, let none of you deal with hardship because you murder people, because you're a thief, an evildoer, or you messing around in everybody else's business. This is the Bible, y'all. If anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glory God in this matter. Same passage from the Message Bible. If you are abused because of Christ, count yourself fortunate. It's the Spirit of God and His glory in you that brought you to notice of others. If they're on you because you broke the law or disturbed the peace, that's different. So it's saying, listen, all of us are going to go through hardship, but don't go through hardship because you're cursing people out. Yeah, it's going to get quiet. Yeah, all of us are going to go through hardship. But don't let it be you going through a hardship because God showed you red flags, but you stayed around to see how red could it get. <laughs> yeah, like we're all going to go through hardship. But don't let your hardship be because the Holy Spirit told you not to go. And you went anyway. If you're going to suffer, at least let it be for purpose, not for poor choices. And so I want us to consider, maybe, maybe you're not stuck. You're running from a gym. God is putting your faith in a gym to develop some muscle. And maybe the reason you're at the same place, maybe the reason you keep dealing with the same devil, some of us talking about new level, no, new, same level, same devil. Maybe the reason I'm dealing with the same thing is because every time God allows my faith to be placed in a gym, I quit. I run from it. So God, in this moment, would you give us strength would you give us hearts to stop quitting when it gets hard? Because you told us in your word, endure hardness as a good soldier. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody who agrees with that prayer, would you say amen? I only got a few points I want to share with you. I want to speak around this thought from this subject for part 10 of this discernment series. I know that was a lot. I'm trying to share this with you. Can I speak from this, talk, from this thought for a few moments? This doesn't mean quit. This doesn't mean quit. Do you have discernment when to stay put? So everybody watching online and everybody in the house, can I get you to say this as loud as you can? Can you say, God? God. Was that loud to y'all? I felt like virtually somebody said no. Okay. Can I get everybody to say, God? God. Build in me, me. Endurance, endurance, perseverance, perseverance. No, more quitting. no more quitting. I'm staying put. One more time. God? Building me endurance and perseverance. No more quitting. I'm staying put. Therefore, you must endure hardness. 
you have need of endurance so that after you have stayed in the will of God, you can receive the promise. Brothers and sisters, church family, what do you do when God puts your faith in the gym? He didn't ask for your permission. He didn't allow you to select what gym, select what workout routine. He didn't even allow you to select your personal trainer. He didn't even allow you to select what time it's going to be. Morning workouts, afternoon workouts, evening workouts. He just handed you a gym membership and said, grow up. What do you do when God places your faith in a gym? And all of us will experience hardship in different ways and different patterns. And ever so often, you and I will get hit by something so intense, something so turbulent, that it will reveal, do you really have enduring faith? Or do you just have professing faith? It's one thing to say, I represent Jesus. Because you know over here, we like giving God honorable mention. Honorable mention in the caption. I feel like this is hidden. Honorable mention in the caption. Or how about this? Honorable mention when you receive award for a project that just cursed everybody out. <laughs> Y'all ever seen that? I want to thank God for this award. I want to thank my Lord and Savior because without him it wouldn't be possible. Man, we made it. TLC stand up. We made it. But everything in your album was cursing people out. Promoting what Jesus died for. And then I'm like, then I have people who are like, Jay, I just can't stop cursing. I'm like, bro, you're paying $9.99 and subscribe to get cursed out. <laughs> Every day riding around listening to whatever you're listening to, and it's cursing y'all, but I can't stop cursing. Is it really enduring faith, or do we just have professing faith? And I need discernment to be able to know when to remain. And the revelation I want to give somebody on tonight, the sign that this is not something that you cut off or walk away from is when it's building your faith. If it's making you stronger, that means it's going to be uncomfortable. That means it's going to be hard. See, anytime you find yourself in the middle, when you're in between who you're called to be and who you used to be, I'm not all the way there yet. But thank God, I'm no longer there. So I'm not really all the way there, but I'm no longer that ratchet. I have yet to become that wealthy, but I'm no longer that broke. I, I have yet to just always give him worship for my blessings, but thank God I'm not turning up at happy hour with my income. I'm not all the way there, but I find myself in the middle. Anybody ever find himself here? Like I'm in between the new life and the old pattern. And anytime you find yourself in the middle, hell will always send weeds in the form of quitting. Always. Because when you're right here, it becomes difficult for you to stick to your commitment because everybody you knew back there keeps on complaining that you're changing too much, especially your family. Thank you for the one golf clap. Especially your family. They have so much to say because you're trying to get a new life, but they still have an old life. Sometimes we have to understand it's not that they're hating on you. It's that they don't understand you, and it is not your responsibility to make them understand. So, okay, I want us to get this, and then I'm done. The beauty of transitioning 
The beauty of transitioning from enduring faith, from professing faith to enduring faith, is once I learn how to endure, what used to be hard is now just my warm-up. Anybody start running and one mile you felt like you were about to die, but you've been running for a while and now it's just a warm-up? What used to be hard is now just a warm-up. You're like, devil, you got to do better than that. I'm not, even, I'm not even tripping on that. I'm so focused on my purpose right now. I'm so focused on my business. Like, you got to do better than that. And so what happens is, what he tries to do is cause us to engage in overthinking into quitting. Here's something I'm throwing here for free. Whatever commitment you have, when you think you, you should do it, get up and do it. You got five seconds. Five seconds. I need to work out. As soon as that thought came in your mind, get up. Because if you like me, if you sit there too long, that couch come a little bit too comfortable. <laughs> Whatever it is, you got five seconds. Somebody say five seconds. Because he likes to get us to engage in overthinking into quitting. Because past trauma causes future thoughts. Past trauma causes future thoughts, which causes present withdrawals. This is so good, y'all. So a lot of times... If we're honest, I don't even think we recognize that we allow our past to be our therapist. <laughs> Anybody, before you could do something forward, you think about a pain that happened in the former, and so by default, you've allowed your past to be your counselor. So when God tells you to do something, before you obey, you have to first book a session with your past. Okay. You know that you're going to fail, right? Remember last time you tried that and you failed? That's not going to work. This one right here is probably fake too. So you probably don't want to do that. Yeah, girl, save your money. Nobody going to watch your blog. Nobody's going to watch your vlog. Just save it. And so when God tells us to do something in the present, before we obey, we go back to the counseling session with our past. And the past trauma is causing for us to have future thoughts. So I remember how stupid I felt right here when I tried. So when God says, get up and try again, I don't really have the courage to do it because I remember what happened while I was here. So every single time I'm here in my present, I keep on thinking about what happened in my past. So I keep on quitting in the present. Are y'all seeing this? Move this where y'all see because we're going to have some therapy. Now, now, here's the crazy thing. As I was studying this, I said, God, this is so good. This is so good. This is so good. It's like, okay, most people live right here. The Holy Spirit is your wonderful counselor. This is the past. This is the present. That's the future. The Holy Spirit is your wonderful counselor. But we spend so much time with our past counselor that we don't even know what the Holy, Holy Ghost sounds like. We don't even know his voice because of all the trauma we have here. Because past trauma causes future thoughts. Now, here's the crazy thing. God always speaks to us in reverse. God always speaks to us in reverse. You know why? Because what you call present and past, he already knew your end from the beginning. 
So when God talks to you, he's talking from chapter 42 while you're still in chapter 12. <laughs> so good, y'all. So it doesn't, it's hard for you to digest it when God gives you a future word because your past is your current counselor. Y'all getting this? God is trying to give you a future word, but your past is your current counselor. This is Bible all day. If you notice, God always speaks from the future. The only time really in the text where you see God bringing up the past is when he wants you to remember his faithfulness. I am the God who brought your forefathers out of Egypt. Remember the Lord thy God who allowed you to get through the wilderness. Remember the Lord. I want you to remember my faithfulness. That's when God is speaking of your past, not your dirt. I'm going to help somebody, y'all. And so what God does, this is why it's so hard for us to understand when God is speaking. Because God is speaking in reverse. Most of us, you see your life in the past. I'm too dirty. God can't use me. I had three abortions. God can't use me. I used to be a stripper. Nah, bro. I ain't about to do no volunteer. I used to like sell drugs in the street. And I want nobody to recognize me. But when God tells you something from the future, like I'm going to call you to birth a ministry, the reason you can't receive it is because of who's your current counselor. Now, now listen, listen. Since he's the God of reverse, everything is seen backwards. This is so freeing, y'all. Because when God gives you an instruction, it's because of where he's already seen you in your forward chapters. You just in chapter 12, but he's in chapter 42. So he's telling you what to do in chapter 12. That'll be beneficial for your chapter 13. But you can't get over what happened in chapter 4. So you keep on thinking you're disqualified for chapter 42. So when God gives you the instruction in chapter 12, you doubt it because of chapters 2 through 13. <laughs> Y'all ain't hear me on the night. You doubt it. Let me tell you how cold God is. God is so cold where he reverses everything. So he speaks to you while you're in the past. And he reverses it. So you're like, God, I'm too dirty. I got too many spots. God's like, I'm the God of reverse. Let's reverse spots. That stops. The cycle stops with you. Because I'm the God of reverse. Yeah, I, I hear that, God, but I've done so much evil. Yeah, I'm the God of reverse. Let's reverse evil. It's live. Why don't you live for me now? Because I'm the God of reverse. Y'all giving me golf claps, and it's okay. I'm the God of reverse. Yeah, God, I don't trust no preachers no more. I don't even trust this dude up here preaching about past and all that. He might be a wolf. How about let's reverse wolf? How about you live in your flow? How about you live in your flow? Don't worry about other stuff. Live in your flow because I'm the God of reverse and I'm trying to get somebody to see on tonight the reason you keep giving up right here. Is because your therapist is your past. But if you ever get to the place where you allow God to be your wonderful counselor, when he tells you, I have a plan for you to give you a hope and a future, he's not lying. He's not lying. But when past trauma is our therapist, it causes for us to doubt what God is going to do in the future, which is why you keep on quitting in the present. Is this good? Points and I'm done. Point number one, the tracking information for your harvest is endurance. 
It's so powerful, y'all. Y'all ever order something and you keep looking up to see when it's coming? Ever happen to y'all? Anybody like buying stuff off Amazon? Anybody do it just for fun? Like my wife do it just for fun. I'm like, what you ordering now? It's for the kids. All right. <laughs> Whenever you're looking up tracking information from God, your harvest in obedience. Whenever you're looking up what is the tracking information, when is God going to answer this, is tied to your obedience and your endurance. Harvest is experienced when a resolve to remain is constant. Did y'all hear what I just said? Harvest is experienced when a resolve to remain is constant. Point number two, endurance shows you what's on the other side. Okay? So I want us to understand that. This is your past. When you endure, on the other side is breakthrough. On the other side is clarity. On the other side is a mind-blowing revelation and a mind-blowing opportunity God has for you. And I can't speak for anybody else but myself, but I don't want to live my whole life on this side because I kept on quitting versus seeing what's on the other side because I had endurance. What's on the other side of your obedience? What's on the other side of your sacrifice? There's a blessing on the other side. And the reason God puts your faith in the gym is so that you could be strong enough to push through each level because every level requires a stronger level of faith point number three endurance makes you strong enough for breakthrough a lot of us keep having breakdowns because we don't have endurance that keeps us to break through so when God gives you a gym metaphorically speaking when he gives you a hard place this will be something that you learn how to lift. This weight is so that you can lift so that your faith can get strong. But when you keep quitting, you won't be able to lift weights. They'll constantly crush you. And last point, it's not punishment. It's development. It's not punishment. It's development. I know this one was harder. It was harder for me to preach it. But I'm just being obedient because I felt the Holy Spirit was speaking to me while I was studying. So many people are doubting me because they keep quitting. I need you to do a message on endurance. As this discernment series is coming to the close in a few more weeks, we're about to start a brand new series. There's so many things that God wants to do in your life that God is telling us to do this isn't a message about what to cut off. That would have been an easier route. I thought about that. This is a message for you to know that just because it's hard, just because it's uncomfortable, just because it's difficult, just because you're crying, just because it looks like you're losing, that does not mean give up. So God, would you help us in this moment it's so easy for us to quit, God, because I don't have to be held accountable if I quit. I can do my own thing if I quit, but we just want to live lives that glorify you. So would you help us, God, to have discernment between what is something that is truly a weed versus when you're using this as a gym to give our faith some muscle. And we pray, oh God, that you give us the wisdom, you give us the courage, and you give us the confidence 
to no longer throw in a towel when it gets hard, but seek your face for clarity because it is your desire that we endure hardness as a good soldier. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody who agrees with that prayer would just shout amen.